Hello and welcome to another episode of Creating Connections with your host, Mad Mags. Today I have a dear friend of mine. I'm going to introduce Nathan to the crowd. Hi, so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I know when I started my podcast, I think you were actually one of the first people that I was like, I want to have you on here. Because I think you even mentioned it. You were like, yo, I want to be on. Yep, I did. I was super excited. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I got super like into it. And then I, I was just, I guess I forgot about like just the beginning of it because it just picked up and, and whatnot. But I'm glad we're finally able to, to get this recording. Me too. I'm really happy about this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Nathan, for being on. Um, if you haven't checked out my other episodes, they do start off just, just getting right into it with asking, what was the first time that you could recall being asked what you wanted to be when you grew up? And what was your answer at that time? Uh, well, it was kind of blurry for me in the beginning. Um, there's this cliche answer every medical student has for the question, what do you want to be? or what do you want to do? And it's, I want to help people. So that was my cliche answer as a child. And I didn't know how to really manifest it. And I'll be honest, uh, till this day, it's constantly evolving. Mm. Um, and and so that, that's what I want to get into. So that's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's straightforward. Um, and, and of course, I want to know like how much it's changed since then, because um, I know that you're in the medical field, and I'll let you explain a little bit of what you do currently to the crowd, uh, but I want to talk about what else you're up to, right? Because I know that you have your hands in a lot of different projects, um, and I think it's cool to show people that you can be doing almost all, at, like you could do whatever you set your uh, mind to. So, um, so when... You were first asked that question. Do you remember the age? Yeah, I think I was in middle school. Um, but the medic, like at that point, it was kind of like something down the medical route, or it was just I want to help people. It was still I just want to help people. Okay, okay. So when did it start evolving into medical? Uh, well, I have a lot of people in the medical field in my family. Okay. Um, so once I kind of got exposed to the real world. Um, probably early college um, is when I started to recognize that I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. And so with um, your family being in doctors, I'm assuming, because um, you said medical field, is it all kinds of different positions? Well, doctors, nurses. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so being exposed to that kind of made you think like, okay, this could be something that I could do. Was there um, any kind of like pressure from your parents or was there kind of like yeah sure we want you to do that or feel free to test out other things well it was mostly pressure um, and that has a lot to do with my story is that uh, my mom and my grandma my aunts everyone they they said listen the the doc you know I'm Asian so like you can either be a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> or an engineer I was in engineering at first but yeah. um, they really pushed the medical field and becoming a doctor so that, that was kind of the the navigational route I was given from right. the start. Just very clear, small, short like options. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So so were you I mean, were you trying other things at the time that you kind of thought that you would rather prefer? Were you kind of like, yeah, I guess this I, I don't mind it. I, I'll I'll just go into um the medical field. Well, I didn't try many other things and uh that kind of ties hand in hand with 
when I say that my story is constantly evolving more so now as a middle-aged guy rather than early on I feel like I'm trying more things now mm. so in the beginning I kind of just jumped into it yeah and, and you committed the whole time you didn't like pause uh start something new no I commit I'm the type of guy I'm I'm 100% black or white I'm, I'm okay. in you know gotcha gotcha um so you did mention though briefly that you were gonna pursue maybe engineering did you try some engineering courses yeah and uh they're just really depressing (laughs) there was no for me there's no substance or value in it for me being someone who wants to help others out although there's a way you could help others out in engineering yeah Um, i guess i could expand on that with my story later but um i i kind of found it lonely you know Mm. there's no interaction going on on a daily basis yeah okay so so you were just like all right cool the other way i could do that is or help people is through being a doctor what kind of doctor did you pursue um how did that i guess start evolving okay well i'm an internist and uh the internal medicine doctors we call we call the internists the quarterbacks of medicine um, or the multi-specialty doctors because we don't have any one specialty Mm. And uh, I like medicine as a whole. So okay. basically, I I like to look at it personally that I failed to pick a specialty. So I default <laughs> to the, you know, all For around. General, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. So what is your what does your day to day look like with that kind of uh, position? Like, is it wherever you're needed or is it more like basic treatment? Um, do you mean in my life as a whole or once I step into the hospital? step into the hospital Mm -hmm. so i'm a hospitalist that's a subdivision of being an internist and basically a hospitalist is a doctor who specializes solely on treating patients in the hospital uh, or rather acute care so typically we do either 12 or 24-hour shifts and i do 12 so i'll do 12 or 7 12-hour shifts in a row Um, so that's a lot of just constant grinding out in and out of the hospital. You get there at 7am, you check out your patients, you, you know, make rounds on the floors, talk to the nurses, social workers, um, and the new patients are coming in as the day progresses. So you're kind of hustling back and forth between the emergency department and the ICU and the surgical and medical floors. Um, and then the day ends at 7 p.m. You go home, eat dinner, sleep, and do it all over again. Do it all again. Dang. And that's that's crazy to know because I do want to um, to highlight now your other talents, your other um, avenues in your life that you're also partaking in because having that kind of schedule, I mean, I would think that your days off, you're just resting, right? Like you're just, you know, trying to get back to 100. But I know that you have... <laughs> A bunch of other things going on so what else do you like to do let's not talk about work now but your day-to-day when you're not at work yeah um, you can ask anyone who knows me at least somewhat they will say I'm not the typical doctor um, I'm not the typical human being and <laughs> I and I embrace that because I know that that's what has brought me to the place I am in life right now mm. So yeah, you really need to rest. And I know it's a fault of mine that I don't get enough rest. Um, Most doctors will just go to work for the 12 hours and then go home, spend some time with their family and, you know, redo the process. But I am, I'm an entrepreneur. um, So I'm constantly 
you know, working on the next project. Yeah. I uh, recently trained myself in um, the ups and downs of the stock market, uh, probably for seven or eight months now, and I've been pretty successful at it. So I spent a lot of my time, uh, my off time, paying attention to the market, um, doing things on the stock market. Um, I'm starting some companies to get into some real estate mm -hmm. and uh, car rental stuff. It's just a lot going on and, yeah. um, you know, it's hard to say what any one thing is great, but it's, it's a way of life that right. I believe will, will lead to a, a place of financial freedom and wealth generate uh, very extensive wealth. Right. So, yeah. And then obviously I have the social media and dancing. Yeah. So I I'm highlight doing like a hundred things at once. I, I want to highlight that part. So I totally get the the stuff that you just listed right financial freedom i think is the goal with those um you're also known as dancing doc right still currently yeah. okay yeah. cool uh, <laughs> like has that changed uh, but so so tell us more about dancing doc tell us more about who that person is where that came from and what the drive behind that is uh, well it starts from when i came up with the name when instagram was relatively new to me five to seven years ago, I was trying to come up with the name and I thought for a couple of days, I'm like, what describes me? And I pretty much at that point was a doctor and my only other great skill was dancing. So I said, dancing doc. And uh, that has been a totally, that's been a huge journey for me, as yeah. you know. Um, and now it's more evolved into, I've done a lot of work with it. And I like to think that I have some popularity with my brand, my personal brand. And now it embodies or symbolizes um, everything I do from dance to medical education. Uh, and I, I try to leverage that to bring entertainment and uh, education to the people, health and happiness. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of ties in with my, my whole personal story about, you know, wanting to help people and realizing right. that there are so many ways to help people. Um, in fact, I think there's only so much I can do as a doctor to help people. Right. You come in, you're, you're, you got an infection, I'll fix it for you. But for me, a lot of it is mental health. A lot of it is self journey, um, spiritual awakening and things right. like that. That's, that's a really interesting balance. Cause I feel like most people see those as like two separate things, right? Um, the doctor world is very like, I don't know. I would think uniform, very um, uniform and like high profession, right? When it comes to arts, they're all, it's all over the place um, and not as highly valued by society. Um, it just depends, right? Uh, so how, how do you bat, like, I, I'm curious to know, do your doctor friends know that you also dance? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go into a hospital and, and, and nurses and assistants and doctors they be like oh it's dancing doc we've been watching we were just watching your video and i'm like yeah. oh great <laughs> i guess the, the question that i really want to ask is do you ever feel like you have to wear two hats was there any was there a point where you felt like you had to wear two hats and there were two different identities or is it always has it always been one? Oh, that's been a that's a good question that's been a um that's a struggle it's an ongoing struggle because yes i've had to separate the two lives completely mm -hmm. um it's it's super professional stoic um you know 
straightforward doctor and then there's the art that's valued by other types of people right um, but i have found and i've become more attracted to living it all as one lifestyle mm -hmm. obviously navigating different parts of my life with different mannerisms and different strategies but the dancing doc is also very well known by the people as the image that helps to bridge the connection between the professional, that high standard and the right. people and being relatable. And yeah. I think that's a really important uh, revolution, evolution going on with professionals nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely have seen this going on um, on TikTok primarily. I see like some women that are nurses, but also are into like uh, comics or something. And they're like, they like to like dress up and, and I'll see the comment section, you know, as saying like, oh, like she can't be able to do both or whatever. And it's very interesting to see, like, um, I guess people not understanding that people can have personalities and these uh, hobbies outside of their nine to five or what people see them as. Um, did you ever feel, since they were both very different, did you ever feel like you had to pursue, pursue one over the other or feel like you had to, um, like, did you ever want to just be a dancer and not focus on the uh, on being a doctor or just be a doctor and let go of the dancing because they weren't like, I guess, both keeping up with one another? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's definitely been a hard balance. And when I first started to gain some traction in the dance and entertainment world, um, going back to my parents, I said, you know, just be a doctor. And I was never encouraged to do the arts or anything. Mm -hmm. So when I started to gain traction in the entertainment world, I thought, you know, I was a little upset. I thought, you know, if I just started to be a dancer at the age of 10, mm -hmm. like all these dancers, you know, Sean Liu and Casey Rice, all these young dancers, and I, I could be, I could be making as much money as a doctor right now. Um, as a dancer, I could be super famous. Um, right. But then I thought, well, also being a doctor is, you know, a pretty stable profession and at least around the world, maybe not so in the States, uh, highly regarded and noble profession. Yeah. So there's there's been some challenge into what is better for me, but I've learned to embrace it all, um, especially in my own journey, realizing that it's not one profession or one uh, image that really makes me happy or makes me successful. Those are just tools and those are just um, factors that contribute to my my total image and my total journey. Right. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think with my own um, endeavors, I used to think that whatever I pursued would be my label. And now I'm just realizing that it's more just feeding into, I guess, me, right? Like at the end of the day, it's just me, but I also do this. I also do this. Um, and yeah, it varies by how much I put into each one. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be me. Um, you, you did mention uh, your, your parents again, and I didn't even think to ask this, but um, when you were dancing, were you young enough to still be in their household? Did, did they like not? Yeah, first, first question is, were you still living with them when you were developing your, your dancing? No, I started dancing when I was in residency. So. Oh, what? That's way yeah. easy. Okay. I've only been dancing for like five years, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was definitely way out of the house. Um, didn't need any input from my parents that obviously right, would have been different yeah. yeah okay well then that's interesting because i feel like in the dancer world 
um, I would think that people do start very, very young. And I don't know how clicky it is, but I would, I would, I have sometimes wanted to try dancing, but I was afraid that like, if I jump in now, there are people that are just way ahead of me and I would just be automatically like, why is this girl even joining? You know? Yeah. Well, like, already late to the game. I relate to that because I, you know, I had that regret. I said, I, I'm way too late in the game, but I, I've just, I've gone full force in it and I've done what I can at the age that I am. And like I said, I didn't depend on dance. So I didn't need to compare dance by itself to everyone else. I was just focusing on myself as a whole. Right. Right. Um, I do want to ask because with your dancing now, knowing that you started so late, late in comparison to other people, right? Like air quotes there, but with your dancing and when I met you, you were kind of producing. Um, and I know that you have an interest in that as well. How it, with someone that has such a career that takes up a lot of your time, how have you been able to learn other things in the process? I think most people would look at those things and be like, ah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't have enough time. Um, how did you start learning about things that weren't things that you were naturally growing up with, um, but you decided to take on an interest in? Um, well, it's all about love for a passion or ambition and drive. Okay. I think motivation is pretty temporary. So when you see like these super inspirational and motivational videos, videos on Facebook or wherever, you're, you're motivated for like three seconds after and then you lose it. That's not what I have. I'm, I'm not easily motivated by other people. I'm ambitious to get things done and I love the 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 progress of getting things done. So once I was a doctor, to me, I had completed what I wanted to do as a doctor. I graduated, I've been working, I performed well as a doctor. I'm, I didn't wanna go all crazy and do all these publications and you know find the next cure to cancer, but I was doing my job. So for me, the mindset was that I was done there. I can just, okay. I can keep doing this because I like it. I can keep doing it. It's income. I can keep doing it to help people. Right. Then my mindset at that point is shifting toward now, what do I need to accomplish? And that's where the ambition comes in is that once I have a goal in mind that I need to accomplish, my ambition will take me there. So mm. I'm, I'm on my break watching dance videos. Um, I'm on my break dancing, you know, um, I'm on night shift and when I'm supposed to be sleeping, I'm training. Yeah. So it, like I said, mentioned before, it, it just becomes a lifestyle. And for someone as busy as me, and I think this applies to anyone who wants to be really successful is that your career, your job, your ambition has to become you. You have to make it your lifestyle. Mm. I think, I think that's great. That's a great piece of advice, but for some people, they still look for the motivation, right? Because I don't think they're doing the internal work that allows for you to realize what you're ambitious about. So it sounds like you have done that work, right? You're, you're kind of like, okay, I know I like this. I'm going to pursue it. It doesn't come from like, maybe because someone else likes it and it's lingering, but more because I have an internal desire to want to learn something. Um, w talking to someone that's not there yet, that doesn't even know what they like, what, what is something that you have done to help, uh, help further know what, what Nathan's about, right? Was it a book? Was it certain people? Was it um, relationships? What things have helped you become 
more clear with what your interests are and what things you're ambitious about? Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> this goes back to my childhood again. Okay. I wasn't encouraged to do anything and everything until I found out what I liked. And that's what I encourage people to do because I became a doctor and I realized that wasn't my life goal. My mm -hmm. life goal is something else. Being a doctor helps it. But for me is I knew what I loved, what I really loved when I felt it, there's a hot button. I feel like humans, they have a, they have hot buttons, whether you're a good person or you're a bad person, you do things because when that hot button is pressed, there's a fire inside of you. Mm. And it's hard to find unless you go explore, you try something new, right. you live outside your comfort zone. When you love it, you know it, you'll be able to teach it to someone and you'll want to teach it to that person. You'll want to read about it. You'll want to practice it, you know, hours on end. Yeah. So I feel like it's really hard and it's a really challenging um, growth exercise to find out what you love. Right. And no one's going to tell you that. No one's going to tell you, hey, go do this. It's going to be great. I mean, it's really all about exploring the world that you live in. Right. Or maybe the world that you don't live in because you don't know what's out there for you That's yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that that hits home because, um, yeah, most people, I think we live in the areas that we live in. We, we talk to the people we talk to because of our parents for the most part. Um, so that's why I do like asking questions about people's parents, because I think um, a lot of our initial answers to that question revolve around our influences at that age. Um, and so it is important for people to leave, to travel, to go somewhere new. Um, it could be uncomfortable, but you, you learn so much more about yourself. And so it's very rewarding. Um, so moving forward with, with Dancing Doc, uh, with just being Nathan, uh, do you have any, like, because um, I think most people, sometimes I ask, like, hey, what's the next, next thing in your chapter? And they're either still in grad school and about to graduate or something or whatever, going to still kind of figure it out. Um, do you have, like, a next thing for you? Or is it just kind of, like, moving everything that you have right now more into motion? Um, right now, it's probably the latter, moving everything into motion, because I've done a lot of planning and it takes some time for those things to materialize. Right. Um, but I can say without a doubt that there will be bigger things. I never want to place my goal on the next thing that I'm doing because it's honestly not that big compared to the bigger picture. Right. And I know a lot of people in the world won't agree with go do everything in the world and blow up. Um, everyone has their you know, level of comfort and what they want to do in life. Yeah. But for me, I learned that risk is, is really relative. What I'm doing right now, what you're doing right now is so extremely relative. And I'll give an example. Yeah. Um, take the person who works a nine to five and makes maybe 60,000 a year. What's that? 20,000 more than the average American salary. Um, they might think that they make 20,000 more than the average American and if they were to quit their job and go start a company or do something crazy, they're risking their whole life because they're risking the $60,000 salary. Mm -hmm. But to me, that relative risk is actually greater than not quitting your job because $60,000 compared to, you know, uh, 
a million fans that follow you or $3 million a year or this great charity that you build in the last 40 million years, you know, is way bigger than that $60,000 cubicle that you work in nine to five. Right. So why limit yourself? Yeah. So I, so back to your question, I can't really tell you what's in the future for now, but my goal is to keep expanding every single day and learning something new towards what I can apply to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And also, um, knowing that like your current roles can completely change, right? So like you can keep evolving the dancing back into something completely different. I don't know if you still want to produce, but, or like be a, a producer, but like that could be it, right? Like it doesn't have to stay the same. Um, and so I love the idea of, of being current and just working with what you got and, and just waiting until it produces. Um, I do like to end these with asking for a piece of advice that you wish you could have given your younger self, because I think my, my, I hope my audience is young. <laughs> I hope my audience is like people that like are like, yeah, I want to hear it. What is it? Um, yeah. And and so that's I don't know. I've always I've always turned or I've always whenever I'd have these episodes, I think of like the younger version of me that didn't have any answers and wanted all the answers. So that's why I like to ask this piece of advice. Mm. Well, what I would say to my younger self is to, or other people, is to get out there and go do it. I know it's a very generalized, <laughs> cliche answer, yeah. but, and it's also cliche to say, you know, don't regret things in the future, but I, I've honestly regretted not doing things, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you don't grow from that. I'm not saying go out and do drugs, you know, there's, there's <laughs> definitely, there's a boundary to it, but right. life life will come and go before you even know it. And you'll be asking yourself, what did I do? Right. What connections have I made? What things have I built? What impact have I left? So my advice is just get out there and go explore the world that is unknown to you. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's definitely worth it. I know we're talking about risk earlier. I think the risk is really in just, you know, staying stagnant and staying in that, in that cubicle, in that regular um, safe spot that you have known for so many years. So I love the idea of exploring. Um, well, thank you, Nathan, that was great. Uh, well, I do like Good. to end these with, with saying toodles. Um, so if you don't mind. Toodles. toodles. <laughs> All yeah. right, love you, Magda. <laughs> love you.